because some of us are really ambitious. There's things that we want to do in our life. And sometimes fear can jump in there and try to tell you that you're not going to have enough time to do those things. You know, for me, I'm 24 now. Ever since I was 20, I started having these huge goals for myself. You know, and I look at my life and my goal for myself is to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And I look at it and be like, okay, this last year of my entire life just blinked. Where did I, what happened? I only have six years left to become a millionaire. And <laughs> how does that work, you know? And it's like we get these, the fear tries to creep in in your life and, and tell you that you can't do something. And it's so interesting that it's just time. Right, but if you if you if we were to take a second and to stop, just for a minute, and to actually take ourselves out of time, and to think about our lives from his point of view, and to who and to find out, you know, what are the things that that made us who we are today, and to have a heart of thankfulness of of the things that shaped us and the events that we've had, both good and bad, the the whole thing, the ugly, right? And so throughout our lives. Um, how many times have we actually stopped to evaluate the opportunities that we've been given, that we've been blessed with, you know? Or to think about all of the, the hard seasons that we've gone through, because so many of us try to just think of the hard seasons and, and never think about them again, right? There's this like, I don't know why that happened. Those were the worst times of my life, and I never want to revisit those ever again, because those were so painful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get angry with God about them, and we never really want, we don't even want to talk to him about, you know, talk about those events about to him, you know? And I don't know about you guys, but when I look, back, look back at my past, I would never change a thing. Like, yeah, those times were hard, you know, that I've, that I've gone through, but they've made me stronger, right? How many people had a hard time and came out weaker? <laughs> Nobody, right? <laughs> Every single person got stronger yeah. because... What happens when a, di- when a diamond is pushed with pressure? Whoa. It's one of the most, like, it, it, has, it has to have immense pressure to be created, to, to create a diamond, right? And so in the same way, sometimes God will use those events in our life for the good and, and put that pressure on us or allow us to go through that pressure so that we are being created into who he calls us to be. So we have to gain a different perspective um, on those different things in our lives. And so... As we're going through our life, we feel that, you know, we need to be successful. We need to feel, we need to, uh, we can't fail. And we sometimes, we might see ourselves as a failure, but you never fail. You never truly fail until you actually stop, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not about the actual result of success or the result of the failure, but it's actually about who you become in the process, so right? I think I feel like I should say that again. That's a good one. Repeat that. Repeat that. <laughs> so it's, it's not about whether or not you fail or succeed, but it's about who you become in the process that God cares about the most. Right? And so today, I want to take your entire life, and I want to place it outside of time. Okay? As if God, for God, everything has already happened. Right? So he's seen your past, your present, and your future completed. he's not worrying about it so why should you okay so I want to take a look just like he is and I want to place into categories your past over here okay let's just say this is your past this is your present and this is your future okay and I want to dip into each category of your life and see it from where he and see it how he sees it 
Okay, that's my goal. Um, have you ever seen? Uh, so I don't know if this is an actual TV show, but it, I call it Scrooge McDuck. The guy from uh, the ghost. It might be Ducktales. He's like he's uh, Donald Duck's uncle, and then he's having like Mickey Mouse uh, work on Christmas Day, and he's yeah. So, is that what it is? Disney Christmas Carol. I couldn't think of it. Anyway. But he's so so. You got in this. You got in this movie, Scrooge. Right? Scrooge is like the meanest guy in town. He is. He's got. He's got the most wealth. But he's just super greedy. He hates everybody. He's making Mickey work on, you know, on Christmas, and he doesn't want to work. But he's making him do these things, and he hates his life. And at night, that night on Christmas night, he's visited by three ghosts, right? How many people remember this in the movie? Right? You can relate. So if you haven't, I'll explain it anyway. Uh, so he's visited by three ghosts: the ghost of Christmas present, right? And so as he's coming, as these ghosts come to him, or the spirits, or whatever you want to call them come to him at night, and he's visited by the first one, the ghost of Christmas past. And what, is, what does this ghost do with Scrooge's life? He takes him back into moments in time in his past and showed him moments where he had influenced people badly. They, this ghost's whole, whole goal was to show him an outside perspective of a, of a, of a thing that happened inside of his life, Right? And so Scrooge is standing outside, and he's looking in, and he's like, bah, humbug, I don't, this is nonsense, I don't need to be listening or watching this, and he's, all, and he's still mad, but it's the concept that I'm trying to get, that he came, had kind of an out-of-body experience looking into his life at a moment in past. The goal of the ghost was to show him a different perspective. He ends up not changing, he ends up going back to his bedroom that night, and he's just trying to go back to sleep. He's met by a second ghost, the ghost of Christmas present. Again, he's lifted up and he's brought into uh, kind of a sky view of his life, right? And he's looking at his life from, from, this, from, from this view. And he's seeing everybody walking around. He's seeing how everything is, how he's influencing all these people. And yet he's still not changed. But he's still making the decisions on an everyday life. He's not really aware of how his decisions are affecting people or how it's affecting his future, okay? But then he goes back to sleep that night. Or he tries to. And he's met by a third ghost. Right? The ghost of Christmas future is what I call him. Okay? And so he's met by the ghost of Christmas future. And he's being brought now into his future. And he's shown if he keeps on the path that he's on currently. And completely unaware of the decisions that he's making on a day-to-day basis. This is the outcome of what is going to happen. And something clicks with him. Right? He starts to see, man, I don't want to become this person in the future. I don't want to become the future me right now, Mm. right? Because that future me looks horrible. I had no idea had I not been brought out from this perspective, Mm. right? And so what ends up happening after Scrooge is done with the third ghost? He ends up changing, right? Why did he change? He gained, he saw the outcome and he saw a different person's he saw a different point of view into the same moment in different parts of his life. Right? And so, with that thought, I want to take you kind of up to the right hand of God. I want you to think in your mind's eye, you're seated at the right hand of God. Okay? And you're looking back into your life, communicating to Him 
on those hard times and the good times and gaining his perspective on those moments. Okay? And I think that's, I love what Emily was saying because when, when she was talking about his goodness was always good and I feel like somebody uh, you know, needs to know that he was always there. He was always good. He did not make those past hardships happen. There's always an opposite. And so many of us try to blame God for the things that happened in our past. But really, he's, we're blaming the wrong person. Yeah. Right? There's also another person, another enemy out there that has a, has a very strong agenda. To kill, mm-hmm. steal, and destroy. Yeah. And you better believe that he's trying to take, your, take that and blame, have you blame God. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we want to gain his perspective on those moments and know that he is good. Yeah. And see how he took those bad things... And made them into you. Mm. It's made them into something beautiful. Right? You came out so much more strong and passionate. Right? Than than you were before because of those events. So he turned them around and flipped them. And so I want you just to to think about some of those times. Um, And I just want to invite Holy Spirit. And we're not going to take long. But invite Holy Spirit to come and just reveal those moments that shaped you into who you are today, standing before you, whenever you look into those mirror, into that mirror, you know? And I just want to give an example because I feel like we can get so introspective sometimes in our lives and just forget about where we came from, where we're going, what are we are currently, you know, a part of. And we get so introspective that we just get discouraged and, and we're not exactly where we want to be in life. And, uh, you know, and I was thinking about some when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about a hard time in my life. You know, I just want to, I'll share one. When I was seven years old, my parents got divorced, you know, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It's amazing how big of big events will cause like for you to remember a memory for the rest of your life. But then there's so many small ones that you will never remember, but they still impacted you. So it was just like one of these memories. I woke up, me and my, me and my brother, my sister used to, uh, sleep in the same bed when we were seven years old because we were scared so we'd have a full-size bed and we'd just all be like laid up next to each other and uh it was awesome we loved we loved it it comforted us but uh we woke up in the middle of the night and we heard our parents screaming at each other and uh we we were all like what is happening right now we went out into the kitchen and they were yelling at each other and we heard i'm leaving and my dad like is just storming and just yelling at each other and um we were like, what? We don't want you to leave. We don't want you to go. And we had three doors in the house. And I remember as, um, as little kids, we took anything and everything that we could possibly grab and place it at every single door. Literally, we were taking tables. We were taking chairs. We were taking laundry. We took oh everything that we could move. We moved it. And uh, we put it at every door. And then we sat at the door so that he could not leave. Wow. And there was only three doors. And so we, each of us just kind of joined up and were like, all right, dad's not leaving, you know? And I remember that so strongly. He ended up staying that night and in the morning he was gone. And, uh, when we, before we woke up and, uh, I re- it was just so clear to me that I was so, I grew up so angry, you know, I, I, at first I blamed God, kind of getting a little bit older and I'm just like, I don't really know what happened. But then I started realizing that there were so many things that I felt like I was missing out on. Because I didn't have a dad in my life. And it wasn't up until recently, maybe the last four or five years, that we've kind of kindled that relationship again. But at the time, I was really angry. Like, I'm missing out on all of these things. I never got, I never got taught how to tie a tie or, or 
know, I think he did teach me how to ride a bicycle, but he never taught me how to like fix cars or he never taught me how to talk to talk to a girl or I feel like I miss out on all of these different opportunities that a dad is supposed to teach you. Right? And I only looked at that <laughs> eventually. It's like so tough. It's good for me, okay? Okay? So tough. It was true. I figured it out. <laughs> I ended up, I ended up looking at my life and, and just, I always looked at it from such a negative point of view, you know, and I only saw the negative, but what came out of it when I asked God, God, where were you in that moment when my parents were screaming on, you know, in the kitchen and we were guarding against the door for our dad not to leave, where were you? And he showed me and he showed me that he was standing next to me the whole time, every second of the way. And all the years that I thought that I did not have a, a dad to teach me all of these things, he showed me that he was there every step of the way. But if I didn't take the second to, to stop and think, God, how do you see that perspective? If I didn't go up to his view and look down on that, that moment in my life, I would have been sitting here probably today angry that my parents were still divorced and, and not being able to forgive my parents for, for doing that to me. You know, and, and but it changed me. It molded me into who I am today. It gave me a greater confidence in God and trust in Him that I would not have had had I not looked back in that perspective. You know, and so what are those things for you that you looked at and you saw the negative? And how can we flip it to the positive? Right? I think a pit bull sings a song that is like turn the negative into positive and no. Uh, <laughs> I think he sings a song like that. <laughs> John, you know it. You can come up and rap. But a good time in my life, you know. I don't want to just talk about the good, but the but or the bad, but also the you know a good moment in my life. I remember when I was younger too. I actually have eight kids in my family now, but at the time, I know a huge blended family. It was like the Brady Bunch in my house. It was always cars parked out front. It felt, it felt like a party all the time. It was crazy. Um, but, what, but there was a time that there was just three of us, me, my brother, and my sister, before my parents got divorced, right? And Christmas was amazing. Like, literally, I have never seen so many presents at one, in one place at one time. It felt like Santa had just dropped his entire sleigh in our living room. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. We had so many gifts, literally. I mean, given that we were probably uh, five or six before my parents got divorced, but we were uh, maybe, what, yay high, and we had presents stacked, like, above our head, and it was going out, like, ten feet. And so we would have just three of us sitting here looking at this wall of presents, like, what is happening? Like, this is insane, oh my gosh! And we started ripping it open, and we had so many presents that we couldn't even, like, open them. We got tired of opening them up. <laughs> like we just left and just started playing with our toys that we got, you know, which probably at the time was a lot of Pokemon because that was my go-to game, you know. Still is. It still has parts in it. <laughs> Won't deny I was part of that. Uh, 
But it was, but I look back on that moment, I can just say, oh man, that was an awesome moment. You know, that was cool that I had, that was blessed, that I was able to be blessed with that many presents year after year when I was little. And I could end it there, right? And it would be all good because it was a good moment. What else could you get from it? But it, again, if you take a, take a step up and look from his perspective and, and just for the heck of it, let's ask him, God, how did you see that amazing moment? You know, he might tell you something different than what you actually got, the thoughts you got, because I saw it as just a bunch of presents. You know, that I was blessed with and that I got to play with and that I never used again. <laughs> right? But he sees it and be like, that was the moment that I was teaching you that you will never be in lack. Wow. Right? You will always wow. have enough wow. with me. Wow. And again, where were you? He was standing right next to me, enjoying and joyful of, of our faces ripping open the presents, right? <laughs> Gaining his perspective, and I learned. And as I grew, I learned that I was never going to be in lack, that I could always trust him that no matter how he provides or who he provides through, that I will always feel like I have enough, that I always can trust him, right? And so gaining his perspective is extremely important in all these different areas. And, and we have these, these big events in our life that were so pivotal that we can just literally look back on, and they all feel like it was yesterday, Right? <coughs> Because time is just weird. And I love thinking about it and talking about it. And, but I, there's one other moment that I'd like to kind of touch on is, is where did God sovereignly come into your life and his hand moved that you were never the same again? Mm. Never the same again. He might have already done that for you and you might not have noticed it. Or... Yeah. He made it so noticeable that you couldn't deny it. Wow. It could have been either or. But if you never stopped it to take a second to think about it, then you, it's possible that you could have passed it. And you were like, God, where are you this whole time? But you never know until you ask him about your life and get this perspective that I'm talking about, right? And so I remember, I'll just share kind of briefly, I remember the first moment that, that he ever encountered me and literally picked me up and put me in a different place in my life. And I was sitting, I, I kind of shared this in the last time I spoke, but I was sitting when I was 19 years old in, in a Bible study. And in this Bible study, I was learning about the Holy Spirit and I was growing. I never knew that you could talk to him. I never knew that you could actually have a communication with him. I just let you pray and that was it. And hopefully he answered your prayer and it was just this thing that I would throw out there, you know, a plea of hope that never happened. And, the, and I realized that wasn't the case and he began pursuing my heart. I remember one night we were sitting in, a, in this mansion that, that the Bible study was in and uh, it was 25 foot high ceilings, like huge ceilings. And we were sitting there and the Bible study leader, her name was Deborah. She was sitting in the corner of the room and all of these, all of these uh, college kids or high school kids were sitting around and we were sitting there and we were worshiping. And I remember that I was sitting there in this gust of wind came across my head like cold it literally moved my hair and it felt like as if an ice block would have went across and just rubbed against my head it was that cold and and I, I remember looking up and I'm like looked around to see if a door had opened or the wind like something just turned like the air conditioning turned on or something and nothing had changed but I see it was a I felt it and next thing I know somebody came up to me and prophesied over me Two minutes later, I don't remember what the heck they said, but I remember shortly after that, 
I was crying. Like, it wasn't just the crying that was just, like, tears running down my face, but it was, like, the heaving, like, snot <laughs> running from your face. And it was, like, gross crying. And I don't know what it was happening, but it was, like, I went through an entire box of tissues. Crying. I wasn't sad. I wasn't mad. I wasn't anything. But I was just there, and I couldn't mm-hmm. stop. And I never knew what that was, and I kind of just kind of, I forgot about it. And it was kind of like one of those moments wow. that I was saying, I didn't know that that was actually a hand of God sovereignly coming in and changing the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I found that out three years later, <laughs> that that was actually an encounter from God, because I thought an encounter from God had to look like it was a physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't drunk in the spirit, as, you, as some would say, or, or falling out in the spirit and just like knocked on the ground, you know, I went to Bethel, so I ended up seeing a lot of that. <laughs> and I was like, so my transition from like having this encounter, God literally was like, nope, you're not going here. I'm going to encounter you. You don't know that this is an encounter. And I'm going to move you this way. And this is the direction that you're going. Wow. And I, I came consumed with like finding out who God really was. Who was this man that I learned that I could talk to that, that I've always been searching for? Oh, I ended up dedicating man. my entire like three years to pursuing, to finding out who this man was that I did not know for the last 18, 19 years of my life that someone just told me about. So I dedicated three years. And during these three years, like I was saying, I started seeing people having all types of physical manifestations that I ended up getting angry at him, that I was not getting a physical manifestation of God. I was praying to him. I wanted it so badly that he would just touch me in this way, that I would be able to experience the realness of who he is through uh, like me getting knocked out in the spirit or through you know, speaking in tongues, which I don't even know if I speak in tongues. I just make stuff up and just hopefully I'm, it's of the, of the spirit. You know, I don't know. But it's like I'm still like walking and learning in that. But I got angry with him, legitimately angry. That he was not encountering me in the way that I thought that he should. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So much so that I remember sitting on the couch with her and like crying. Because I finally let this, these thoughts out of me. And was like, I'm just so mad at you. And I was just yelling and just like releasing all of this stuff that I've been holding in these last two years that I've been pursuing him with all my heart, right? Yeah. And then I learned that he encounters everybody specifically in different ways and yeah. in ways that we can respond the best. And one of those ways for me was two years prior when... Wow. He had encountered me and the icy wind came across my forehead and I was crying. I ended up crying hundreds of times. I can't even tell you how many times I cried at Bethel and during the worship and we had Jesus culture and all these things. And, uh, and it was an amazing time in my life. And during that time though, of being angry and pers- still in the midst of my anger towards him, I pursued him with everything I had. Because I still wanted more, but I didn't understand what I wanted. He knew what I wanted, but an amazing thing happened in the process of me pursuing him, I found out who I was mm. and what I was called to do. That's good. You know? And I feel like so many of us, if we don't stop and we can just be angry at all of these things in our lives, that we can, we can look back <coughs> in these difficult moments and, and not gain his perspective of our past. But all of those things... All of those things that have happened to you and all of the things that you've gone through in your life are because he's creating you to be who he has called you to be. Does that make sense? And like I said, I'm more, 
I'm stronger, I'm bolder, I'm more wise because of these experiences that, that we've been going through my entire life. And so I want you to look at all of the good times, all the bad times, and where are you right now in your life? You know, what are you going through right now, currently, in your lifetime? Because we can get caught up and just not look at where he is and gain his perspective. So think about it. Where is God moving in your life? Where is the hand of God actually moving right now in your lifetime? And if you start to think about it, you know, feel free to write them down. If they come to you later, then that's okay. But he's trying to teach you and he's trying to shape you to who you're called to be. And I feel like, you know, as we're thinking of these things, we could, we could see ourselves as like, man, all of these different events in our lives are just shaping us. Into who, and we're just eventually going to become who we're called to be because God, has, it's already happened. And so it's just going to keep happening. And we're just going to eventually end up where we're supposed to go. You know? And we can kind of think that way. But it's not really how it happens. Because we're not on a string with a puppet. You know, we're not a puppet on a string. And God's just controlling every movement of our life. Right? Although these big monumental moments happen in our life. And he turns them to the good if they're bad. Or the, he turns the good in, even into better from glory to glory, right? Yeah, and so even though those things happen, that does not mean that you will still get to who you're called to be just from letting life happen. True. We're not a puppet, Come on. right? And like I was saying, there, we have all these large moments, but what you don't know is that even though we have all these monumental, pivotal moments, there were billions, billions if not, I don't know, trillions of other moments that your conscious mind was not aware of from the time that you were born to now. In seemingly insignificant, small decisions that created you today that were more, if not more important than those monumental ones that you remember that have shaped you, that you could tell <coughs> that have molded you in, into who you are today. All of these decisions that you made it's a result of who you are right now. And there's a book called The Slight Edge that was written by a guy named Jeff Olson. I've read this book three times, and I've probably recommended it to you, some of you, because it has so, so majorly impacted my life about this concept of make every small decision that you make in your life, whether you know it or not, is shaping who you're becoming and, who you're going, and what you're going to achieve in your life. Every decision. It doesn't matter if you don't believe this concept because it's still happening regardless if you believe it or not. So every single small decision that you make, whether no matter how seemingly insignificant it is, it's shaping who you're called to be. And it's our job to partner with God and who he calls us to be um, and to, to be able to make those decisions to walk that out. Right? And so, for example, if, if you eat an apple or candy today is that going to make you healthier or not so or, or, or less healthy today depends on the candy depends on the candy right or if you <laughs> to it <laughs> I know just don't even it's, do you see what I'm saying though so if you eat so if you eat I know but if you were to eat apple or if you were to candy it's not going to make a major difference in your life today right it's a small decision to make 
right? Should I eat an apple or should I eat the piece of candy? Well, I'm going to probably eat the piece of candy because I like candy, right? <laughs> but 10 years from now, what if you kept choosing that piece of candy? What would happen? Well, your metabolism probably going to slow down. And if you kept choosing that piece of candy, you probably also kept cho choosing other things that were unhealthy for you as well because you got that kind of uh, mentality, right? But at the same time, if you chose the apple, an apple a day does keep the doctor away. Mama told me so. <laughs> so, you, so you eat this apple. <laughs> so, you, so you eat this apple every single day. Right? <coughs> that one apple is not going to make a difference in your life today. But if you choose to make a choice to eat healthy for the rest of your life, you might gain an extra 15 years and live to that 115 years I was talking about, right? And we have all these small decisions, but that also goes with, are we going to choose to work on ourselves harder than we work on anything else to become who God's called us to be and partner with what he says in our lives? And remember, how do we find out who we're called to be? How did I find it out? You pursue the heart of God. I can't tell you any other way. I can give, my last message was cons like consumed, just all about finding your purpose. And that was what I was trying to convey to people because there is ways that can point you into the direction of who you were called to be. But ultimately, if you don't chase after the one that made you, what does it matter? You'll never, you'll never get to where he actually called you to be. You'll do great things with your life, but you could do greater. You could achieve more. You could be happier. You could be, you know, more fulfilled in your life. But if you don't choose him, then, then what do you have? And so I feel like that's the biggest question, that question mark that's in all of our lives. You know, why am I here? What's my purpose? So we're looking at the future, us now, right? We're looking at the future. And I'm talking about the decisions that we're making today are affecting the future you. Mm -hmm. Right? Every single decision that you make is affecting the outcome of, of where you're going. Scrooge did not know that. He did not know. <laughs> right? But when he, took a, when he took a step back, he knew. Good. He saw and he changed. Good. So that's what I'm doing here today is to show you, to look at your life. Are the decisions okay. that you're making today... Look, we're looking today, right now to the present, right? And we're currently looking back on our past and thanking God for the things that have happened in our past, Good. right? Currently. So 20 years went by, and now we're thanking Him. We've probably thanked Him along the way, but now I'm just saying we're looking back. What are you doing today that the future you is going to thank you for? And why not think about the things that you know, that are happening today, that God's doing in your life today, that we can give thanks today, rather than 20 years down the road. And then 20 years down the road, we can look back again and say thank you, you know. And we can only gain the answer to what are we called to do by pursuing the Holy Spirit. It's the only way. It's the only way. And in that pursuit, he will tell you who you are. He will. You were created in the image of God. That's a guarantee. You know that. And if you don't, you now know. <laughs> you know? And he will reveal the plans that he has for you. He will. Yeah. 
But I can tell you this about your future. Okay? No matter what he calls you to do. Doesn't matter what he calls you to do. Or who you're called to be. You know? We are here to live this 100 years. 100 years of your life. Right? We're here to live this with the thought in mind that we're living a life that is ultimately defining the way that you live for eternity. What are the decisions that you have to make that will affect the way that you live for eternity? Are there such decisions that will help you live differently in eternity than another person? I don't know for sure, but the Bible does say that you can gain favor with God and with man. And so if somebody that has more favor with God than somebody that has less would that person live differently for the rest of eternity? I'm not sure that I have the answer. But I do know that it does say that as we walk with him and we live with him and we build trust with him, it builds favor with him. Right? And so as we, as we walk in, in love and peace and thankfulness and, and walk in our calling with him in mind, and with eternity in mind, that we're going to make a difference, you know, I think those are the things that would ultimately, if there was such a thing, that's what's going to do it. That's how you're going to live differently. You know, and I'll close with this. How are you going to choose to live your life? You know, will you choose to live with eternity in mind? where you choose thoughts of love, of abundance, to walk with him in a heart of thankfulness. Today, it's going to happen regardless. Slight edge effect. No matter what you do, the decisions are going to happen. It will, there's no stopping it. Or you can not see your, your life from a different perspective. And, and for the next 100 years, or in our case, 80 most of us, you know, build up a kingdom here for man alone and gain favor with man and never stop to think about how God has intervened in your life. You have that choice. And so I just ask you today, what way are you going to choose to live with a heart of thankfulness and with eternity in mind or not? So I just want to I just want to finish with that and I just I just pray God I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for the life that they live. I thank you that you are always good from the beginning to the end, God. I thank you that you direct us on our path throughout life and I thank you that this 100 years you have called us now for a time as this that we may live and influence and live with eternity in mind, God. Yeah. I thank you that you love us and you're always there and that you would never do anything to harm us, God. And I just ask today that anything in our past that we've blamed you for, God, I just surrender now to you and just ask for your forgiveness for ever thinking that you would do that to us. But really look at it, that you were there the whole time. Right there, standing next to me when my parents got divorced or whatever that moment was. God, you're so good. And we thank you today.
for our entire life that we may live how you've called us to live, God, with eternity in mind and with you in mind every step of the way. So in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, guys, let's just give it up for Dakota one more time. Oh! <laughs>